Hey guys, welcome to The Message. Super excited to be able to share with you all today. So have you been enjoying our series on Closer to Purpose? I know I have. I've been loving it. I love the concept of purpose that God has given each and every one of us a unique and amazing purpose to live out here on this earth. And so today, I want to jump into a, a great message that I'm really excited to share with you. But a few questions before we jump in. So the first question is, have you ever wanted to run away from home? <laughs> I know I have. And there was this one time I remember after we moved to Japan, would it be maybe a year or two after? So I'm about 10, 11 years old. And, you know, my parents were telling me like, you got to do something. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And so I was like so mad. And so I wanted to make a point. It's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run away from home. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm going to run away from home. And so I was like, went to the, the genkan, the front area of our house where we put the shoes on or we take them off. And so I was like, I'm putting my shoes on. And my mom's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm putting my shoes on. And then she's like, okay. There's like no response. I was like, but I, I, like, I didn't want to lose, right? Like, I didn't want to like give them the win. So I was like, Ur, Ur. so I'm like, I'm standing up. I'm, I said, I'm standing up. Okay, I'm opening the door. I'm opening the door now. I'm clo I'm closing the door. <laughs> Close the door. And I walk out. I like stomp a few steps out the door. I take like two steps out the house, out the little gate. And I was like, great. I hate it. Mom! And I went back into the house. Why don't you care? Why don't you why did you run after me? <laughs> and my parents were like, we knew you'd come back. There's no way you're gonna run away. <laughs> you know, sometimes we wanna run away from conflict or bad situations, what we perceive as bad situations. My parents were like, alright, come inside and let's have dinner. And that was the end of it. It was not it was like it was a nothing. There was nothing wrong between us. It was just come inside and let's have dinner together. So I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. And so we had dinner and it was all good. But well, you know, what about when you mess up? Have you ever messed up so royally that you think there's no way back from this? You know, same thing. As a kid, man, I was a tough kid to handle. Seriously, good job to my parents. They did well. But there were so many moments. I was the, the gotta learn it the hard way type of kid, type of guy, right? So they say, don't touch the stove. <laughs> Ooh, ah, it hurts. Don't, don't bother the dog when it's eating its food. <laughs> I got bit in the leg. Ah, don't hit your brother. <laughs> hit my brother. <laughs> and then he has the ultimate defense. Because even though we're about like four or five years apart, his ultimate defense was as soon as I like hit him, he would look at me. I look at him. He'd look at me. I look at him. As soon as I hit him, touched him, mom! <laughs> Immediate trouble for me. But I wouldn't learn. I would keep doing it over and over again. <laughs> there was one time where the teacher told me, I don't know why. Why would the teacher say this? But they said, don't run with the, you know, the, the pencil, like how the tip breaks off. Don't run with the tip of the pencil in your ear. What a stupid thing to say. Why would you say, of course I'm going to do that. 
of course, that's what I'm about to do. And so I remember one day, the teacher had to leave for a moment. It was the end of the day. And uh, I got up on the table in my class with the lead in my ears. I got the lead in my ear. And all the kids were laughing. But then I accidentally dropped it in my ear. (laughs) And so I was like, ooh. And I just like sat silent for the rest of the day. I got home and I'm like, I'm like walking like this and my parents are like, hey. And I'm just like, hi. And I went outside and I started like bouncing around trying to get this lead out of my ear. I eventually did. But I'm, unfortunately, I've learned. But I was so many times the hard way learner. I would make mistakes, I would learn the hard way, and I would just be in the cycle of making mistakes and having to learn the hard way. Well, today, I want to talk about what happens when we make a mistake as an adult. Because as a kid, it's funny, it's cute, it's whatever. And as an adult, it's a little bit of a different story because when you mess up as an adult, there are consequences. There are things that happen. And so I think a big question that we ask is when we mess up or when we think that we've crossed the line, can God still use me? Right? I was doing so well, I was following God, I was journaling, I was going to church, and then this happened. What about my calling? What about my destiny? Can God still use me? And so that's the title of this message. Adrian actually preached the message a month ago called, Can God Use Me? So today's message is, Can God Still Use Me? And I think it's an important question that we all ask each other. So I want to read about Peter. My guy! love this guy because Peter is so human. And he made a lot of mistakes. He was the classic, you know, act before you think kind of guy. He was the learn the hard way kind of guy. He would make mistakes and he would learn from them, but he would keep making other mistakes. But yet this guy was the guy that Jesus said, Peter, you are the rock on this church. On this rock, I will build my church. On you, I'm going to do something special. I have a calling for you, Peter. I have an amazing plan for you, Peter. And despite that calling and plan, Peter still makes mistakes. And I want to read one of the biggest messes up, mess ups, biggest mess ups, there we go, that Peter had or that anyone had in the New Testament right now. So let's have a look at what happens in this story. So Jesus, uh, is it's just after the Passover, he's going to go to the cross, right? So the guards, they come and arrest him. And Peter's like this like, trying to be this like macho dude. He's like, no, Jesus, whatever. I'm going to be there till the end. I'm ride or die. I got my sword. I'm ready to go. And Jesus is like, dude, chill. (laughs) You need to stop with this. Like, this is not going to bring any good. And it's Jesus actually says to Peter, Peter's like, no, Jesus, I'm never going to leave you. And And Jesus says to him, Peter, in fact, this very night, you're going to deny that you ever knew me three times. And then Jesus is taken away. And Peter's like, I, I, would, I would be, if I was Peter, I'd be like, no, nah, man, no way. I'm not going to be that guy. And so we have this story where Peter follows behind and we'll see what happens. So Luke 22, it says, so they arrested him, Jesus, and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. So he's like, he's like the guy that doesn't want to lose, the super competitive guy. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. I'm going to watch. And so it says the guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. And Peter joined them there. So Peter is sitting with the guards that arrested Jesus. 
So I don't imagine Peter is just like, oh, hey guys. Like I imagine, this is how I imagine the scenario. He's got like a hood, looks like Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, kind of like mysterious, kind of like he's just there. And uh, so he's trying to blend in. He's not trying to call attention to himself. He's trying to be there, trying to prove that he's not the guy that will deny Jesus. It says a servant girl noticed him in the firelight. So the fire is putting light on his face. It's lighting up his face. And she began staring at him. So she's staring at him for a while. And finally, she says, this man was one of Jesus' followers. Like this man. I've seen this man before. I know that face. But Peter denied it. Denial number one. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. And after a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. And then Peter says, no man, I'm not, Peter retorted. Like that's what it actually says. It's more like, no man, I'm not. But the way I read it is like, no man, I'm not. So Peter has denied Jesus two times. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them. One of Jesus' disciples because he is a Galilean too. So Peter must be running his mouth somewhere because he has an accent from the area where he comes from. And Jesus and all of those guys, they come from a certain area called Galilee. And people recognize the distinctive dialect that they have. And it's because this guy's a Galilean. He must be one of Jesus' disciples too. And Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. That's how I read the Bible. <laughs> he said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. He's absolutely denying it flat out this is the third time and immediately while he was speaking the rooster crowed and that was the sign that jesus gave saying when the rooster crows you would have denied me three times the rooster crows as he's saying i don't know what you're talking and at that moment the lord turned and looked at peter so jesus is a bit of a ways away peter is there they're close enough to be able to see each other Jesus turns around and looks at Peter when the rooster crows. Suddenly, the Lord's words flash through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And this is the saddest part. It says, Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. He was so wrecked by this. He, he knew he made a mistake. He knew he messed up so badly. And so I, I wonder like, what was Jesus' face like when he looked at Peter? Because it's bad enough when someone is mad at you, right? Like, I'm so mad that you did that. But it's worse when someone says, I'm not even mad. I'm disappointed. Oh, the word disappointment is just like an arrow through the heart. It's like, no, I've messed up so badly. But I don't think Jesus' face was either anger nor disappointment. I think it was sadness. Because sure, maybe Jesus was, you know, that was his friend. Maybe he was a little bit sad. But more than that, I think Jesus was sad for Peter because he knew how much pain Peter would be going through after he denied him three times. Jesus knew that this was going to absolutely wreck Peter. This was going to hurt him so badly. So I believe that was the eyes of Jesus, eyes of pain. Like, I'm so sorry, Peter, that you've done this. And that you have to go through this. So Jesus is not here to judge. He's not here to say, I am so disappointed, you bad, bad person, you bad friend. You, you did me wrong. That's not what I imagine Jesus' face to be like. I just imagine it looking at Peter like, Peter, I'm so sorry you have to go through that. And so 
Peter, in this moment, he runs away. It says he, he, le- he flees, crying bitterly. And Peter, the guy called The Rock, the one that Jesus had by his side, basically Jesus is like number two. He wasn't even able to watch Jesus' crucifixion. He wasn't there. I think in, in Peter's mind, he was like, I was, I'm going to see this till the end. I'm going to ride or die with you, Jesus. Whatever you say, Jesus, I'm going to do. And the most important time, the time where, where Jesus needed people around him the most, is the time that Peter wasn't there. Isn't that heartbreaking? Isn't this such a sad, heartbreaking story? He, he couldn't even be there for when Jesus was crucified. And so in Peter's mind, he runs away. He's ashamed. He's full of guilt. And Jesus dies. He's crucified on the cross. And in Peter's mind, that's the end of his story. That's the end. That's how it all ends. Three years of doing incredible things, incredible miracles, of healing people, of seeing people set free, of walking on water. After all this time, this is how the story ends. But we know that this is not how the story ends. Amen? Because three days later, we know that Jesus rises again. He did not stay dead, that he rose again, and that he is alive today. That he is powerful today and he wants a relationship with us today. But I love what it says. It's just one line in the, the, the gospel of Mark. And you know, Mark, even though he wrote the gospel, many people believe that it was actually Peter, the one that was maybe speaking the gospel and Mark was writing it down. And so in this one gospel, the one gospel that could be Peter's reflection on events, it's the only part where it says, In Mark 16, verse 7, just the beginning, Jesus, when he rises again, he sees the the women that came there. He says, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Isn't that beautiful? That Jesus still had a heart to to restore Peter, to to help Peter, to redeem Peter. That he had this beautiful heart for, for Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. I love it. I love it so much because this shows that maybe Peter was still, maybe he was still hanging out with the disciples, but maybe he didn't want to be there. Maybe he thought that he wasn't a disciple anymore. Maybe he thought that he was not good enough to be called even a disciple. And you know what? Maybe other people, maybe some of the other disciples thought the same. Maybe they thought as well that Peter you're not good enough to be called a disciple. You, you denied Jesus. Like, even though we weren't there at the crucifixion either, <laughs> the only one that was there was John. But even though they weren't there, they're like, at least we didn't deny Jesus three times. Like, Peter has messed up royally. This is the worst mistake that he's ever made in his life. But Jesus' heart is go tell the disciples and Peter. He wants Peter to know, I love you. Peter, you are still called. Peter, I still love you. Peter, I still want a relationship with you. That's what Jesus wanted Peter to know. And so Jesus appears with the disciples and he appears with them a few times. And it's this beautiful, this moment where where Jesus reconciles everything. He, he, He shows them how much he loves them and he's here and he doesn't care what Peter did in the past. And so I love this this next story. I just want to read with you really quickly. Is that 
after Jesus had appeared to the disciples a couple times, this is the third time that Jesus appears to them after the resurrection. And so Jesus is on the shore and the, the guys are out fishing because what do you go back to when you make a big mistake? You go back to what you did in the past, what you already knew, what was comfortable. And so Peter goes back to fishing. So he and the boys, they're out fishing and uh, they see someone on the shore and the person on the shore is like, have you caught anything? <laughs> and then he's basically like, put your nets over the side and catch some fish. They catch some fish. Come over, let's have some breakfast. And so they recognize this is, this is Jesus. And so Peter, he jumps out of the boat. He swims to shore. He's so excited to see Jesus. He's so excited that Jesus is still there, that Jesus is still wanting that relationship with him. And so we have this interaction between Peter and Jesus. So John 21 says, After breakfast, uh, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And so we don't know what more the, these are. Did Jesus point to the disciples? Say, Did you, do you love me more than these, your friends, your peers? Or did he point to the fish that they were eating? Because that's what Peter's job was, to be a fisherman. That's what he had known before. Do you love me more than this, more than your past, more than what you could do serving yourself and serving your own vision, your own purpose? Do you love me more than that? Or was it, do you love me more than maybe these? Like he points to the nets, like the actual job. Do you love me more than these things that you've gone back to? Do you love me more than these? We don't know what these are, but I'd like to imagine. And so Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He's pumped. He's like, yes, Jesus, you know it. You know that I love you, Jesus. And then Jesus says, then feed my lambs. And then a little bit later, Jesus repeats the same question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? So this is the second time. When you're asked the second time after giving the answer, you'd be like, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you, right? Like, I just, I just told you that. <laughs> then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And a third time, three times, Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And it says Peter was hurt. <laughs> the audacity. He has the audacity to be hurt after what he did. It says he was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you. Then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. What's happening here? What's going on? How many times did Jesus ask Peter, do you love me? Three. How many times did Peter deny Jesus. Three. You see, Jesus is giving Peter a chance to redeem himself. P Jesus is saying, your past is in the past. It's done. Do you love me more than these, these things from your past? Do you love me more? If yes, then step out of your past and step into your future. Step into your calling. Step into your purpose. Your purpose is not to be fishing for fish. Your purpose is to be fishing for men. Not to be feeding yourself with fish, but to be feeding my lambs, to be feeding my people. That's what I'm calling you to, Peter. And so I love how Jesus says it three times. Because if Peter had any doubt, any doubt that what he did was too bad, that what he did would disqualify him from his own future, if there was any doubt, Jesus smashes it right there. He Three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, yes, yes. The past is gone. That mistake that you did is 
over. I have washed that away. I'm calling you back. Peter, I'm calling you back to purpose. And so I love this story. And so for us, can God still use me no matter what I've done? The answer is yes, right? The answer is yes. No matter what we've done, no matter what mistakes we've done, what bad things we've said, what things we've acted out, what things we've thought, God can still use us. He wants to call us back. He's saying, Peter, I still want to use you. I've still got this incredible plan for you. Come step back into my purpose. And so I got three quick points for us today. They're pretty easy to remember, I hope. It says, the first one is that Jesus redeems us. He brings us back. He, he buys us back. He forgives us of what we've done. Jesus forgave Peter, right? And, and Peter also had to learn to forgive himself. And so I know we talk a lot about clean heart here at church, and it's so important. Guys, it is so important to be living and walking in forgiveness because when we're walking in unforgiveness, it will rob us of our future. It will rob us of our purpose. It will rob us of our vision because we're stuck in the present or we're stuck in the past and we keep going over the loop. Forgiveness is releasing that, giving that to God, saying, God, I let it go. And sometimes what that looks like is forgiving ourselves, saying, allowing ourselves to say, I did that, but Jesus has forgiven me. Therefore, I can let it go. We need to understand the forgiveness that has been given to us. Otherwise, it's impossible to be able to give forgiveness out to others or even to ourselves sometimes. So we need to know that Jesus has forgiven you. That whatever we've done, whatever we've said, that you are forgiven. We just need to come back to God. We just need to say, God, I'm sorry. God, I recognize I did that. God, help me. God's like, I've washed that away. I did that on the cross. When I died, when Jesus died on that cross, He said, it is finished. That means it is done. Your sins, your mistakes, your everything bad is finished. It is done. Jesus says, I, I, I take you. I don't see your mistakes. I don't look at you through the lens of what you've done. I look at you through the lens of what you could do. <laughs> Jesus redeemed Peter. And if we've made a mistake, Jesus wants to redeem us. He's saying, come back to me. And I think there's people here today that needs to hear that. Like Peter. Peter heard. Go and tell Peter. Tell Peter. Jesus wants to say to you, I want to tell you that you, you aren't too far gone, that you haven't messed up too big, that you can come back, that you are loved, that you are still called. Amen. So the second thing I want to say is that he restores. He restored Peter. He shook him out of the past. When we make mistakes, we go back to our old life. So let's say, we're, we're coming to church, we're living for God, we're doing these things, we're serving on the team, something happens. I can't serve on the team anymore. I'm not, maybe you were leading something even and, and, and life has been difficult and you've had to step down. I used to be doing this. I used to operate here. I used to do all these things. I used to lead, I used to serve, I used to, but now I'm just, I'm just here. No, Jesus shook Peter out of that. Peter wanted to go back to, I'll just be a regular guy. 
I'll just be a regular fisherman. I'm just going to go back to what I know how to do. I'm just not going to focus on that thing that Jesus called me to do. I'm just going to go back to what is comfortable. And Jesus shakes Peter with these three questions. The same question. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And if the answer is yes, 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 then Jesus wants to shake you out of whatever slump, whatever moment, whatever trial, whatever difficulty that you're going through right now. He wants to say, tell you, (laughs) tell whatever your name is, tell Peter that I still have a plan for them, that I still have a purpose for them, that I'm going to take you out of that moment. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you back to where you need to be because we all need to know what our purpose is. We all need to be living for vision, living for future. That is how we, first of all, we will have a fulfilled life. But second of all, that is how we will accomplish the greatest goal. Our greatest calling is to love God and to love people. That is how we will accomplish it. When we, when we shake off the past, when we stop looking back at like, oh, I used to do that. Oh, I used to be this. Oh, I could have done that. And I'm here now. No, shake that off. It doesn't matter. Jesus is calling us forward, calling us to, to greater things, to greater purpose. Your best days are not behind you. The best is yet to come, right? People talk about like the, the glory days or the, the good old days. And yes, we might have fond memories, but the, the good days are more ahead. Amen. The better days are ahead. Jesus wants to restore us. And the the third and final thing is that Jesus wants to resend us. He wants to send us again. He wants, he's forgiven us. He restores us. And now he wants to send us out again. He, he sends Peter. He tells him, feed my lambs. That's what you need to do, Peter. That's what your future is. Your future is not this. Whatever this is, whatever these nets are, whatever this fish is, this is not your future. This is your future. Let me resend you. Let me refocus your mind on what your future is, how big it is, how amazing it is. And we know the story after reading the Bible, but after this and a, you know, a little bit of time passes, Peter, he then is filled with the Holy Spirit. He preaches and 3,000 people believe in Jesus and get baptized. I would call that feeding Jesus' sheep. I would call that helping the sheep, helping the lambs, shepherding the people, being a fisher of men. We see that Peter steps into his calling. That's his calling. Lives changed. That's his calling. And so those three things, I really hope they're they're easy to remember that we are redeemed, that we are restored, and that Jesus resends us out into purpose, into calling. And so right now, I'd like to take a moment to pray with you all. For anyone who is is feeling that guilt, feeling that shame of maybe I did this and and I'm no good anymore. I can't do this anymore. Or you used to be operating at a higher level. You used to be doing more, but for whatever reason, you've taken a back seat. You've taken a step back. I want to pray for us all that we would have a fresh sense (laughs) of vision, of purpose, that God would reignite our heart, that He would either, that we would understand that we are forgiven, that we are restored, and that we have a a purpose, a vision, a a goal that God wants us to do. So right now, if you feel comfortable, why don't you raise your hands with me and let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for every person here today. And God, you know 
what we go through. You know what we struggle with, what difficult moments we're in, what trials we're in, what mistakes we've made. God, you know it all. And you still say, I love you. You still say, you are mine. You are my son. You are my daughter. You still say that I am called. And so right now, God, I pray that people would understand how much you love them, that they would understand how big your forgiveness is, how great your grace is, that it covers them completely, that their sins, their, their mistakes are wiped away, God, that that stuff does not determine who we are. It does not determine who we can be in the future. I pray anyone that has lost fire, that has lost vision, God, I pray that you would bring them back, that you would restore them, that you would show them the big future that you are calling them to. And God, I pray that for all of us, that you would give us that vision, that you would send us out again, that we would be excited to go to work. We'd be excited to go to school because we know what the purpose is. We know what the vision is, what the goal is. God, we are living on purpose. So God, I pray that you would light that fire in our hearts and you would help us to shake off all that sin and shame. In Jesus' name, I pray you break it. And I pray you restore us and bring us to where we need to be and where we need to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And lastly, I just want to pray for anyone that does not yet know Jesus. Maybe you're listening to this message for the first time or maybe you listen to a few and you're thinking about this. Let me tell you something, that Jesus loves you that He's calling you, that He wants to bring you out of that place that you're in right now. He wants to fill you not with shame, not with guilt, but with love and with hope. And like I said, we just need to understand that Jesus loves us. He died for us to take away our mistakes, to take away our sins, and He rose again. He is alive today, and He wants a real and beautiful relationship with you. So if you want to believe in Jesus for the first time, or if you want to come back to God, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say now. And when I say now, I'm just going to ask you to make that decision in your heart. Are you ready? Three, two, one, now. If you want to believe in Jesus, if you want to come back to Him, why don't you receive Him today? Amen. Come on. Let me just pray for you all really quickly. God, I thank you for these amazing people making this decision. I pray right now you come into their life in a powerful way, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. You would fill them with your love and your grace. And all of those sins and, and shame and mistakes of the past is gone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, that is wiped clean, that they in this moment are white as snow. And I pray that you give them a hope for the future, a vision, uh, an excitement for what's to come, God. I pray you walk with them and you help them. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you, check, if you missed any other messages, you can check them out on YouTube. I pray you have an awesome week, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys.